Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of Crossover, the crossover event you didn't know that you wanted. My name is Manderson, at Son of Mander, as you can see down below on Instagram and Twitter. And joining me once again is uh, my brother from Reading. I am Dan. You can find me at Danderson11 on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, we are a part of the of TCC Network. Uh, you can check out anything related to TCC Network on the Capeless Crusaders on t- uh, click the clip takes you the Capeless Crusaders dot com. Uh, all of our other shows, our articles, blogs. We got some uh, new contributors to the articles of blog section. Articles of blogs. Man, this is gonna be a fun show if I'm talking like this all night. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to all the things that we do, you can also find links to our sponsors. Uh, as you can see in between our photos, first and foremost, Empire's Comic Vaults, our home away from home where we c- normally record our Monday night show. Uh, we love that place. Ben's great. They got hot sauce. They got pugs. They got comic books. The toy drive is still going on uh, through the 19th, which is today. Uh Yes. So if you haven't dropped it off, I guess, I mean, he's probably not going to say no if you drop something off tomorrow, but sorry, I guess it ends today. Um, so I probably shouldn't have plugged that. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, on Friday, they're having a movie night. Uh, they're watching um, one of the best Christmas movies of all time, uh, Die Hard. So you can go down there and watch that. Uh, don't take your kids. I don't know. Is that a family-friendly film, do you think? Uh, I think the the MF line is... <laughs> kicks it out yeah it's been a while since i've seen it so i'm like i feel like it's not but uh yeah so um there's that and then we also have uh, as you can see the beard balm brush which i've been enjoying my beard's been getting longer than uh, my wife amy uh cares for but uh they have they take uh, beeswax put in a little bit of beard oils and aloes and you just brush it through it looks like a nice little koopa shell if you like the Mario Brothers, just brush it through and it makes your beard all nice and clean. Um, I, I'm sure you use that a ton too uh, up there in Reading, so, don't you? <laughs> so groomed, you can hardly tell. I have, I have. Yeah, it's so great. Um, so tonight we are going to go uh, around the horn as we normally do, and then we're going to jump into our main topic, which uh, this evening is a, uh, a sports topic, uh, which. Um, I actually enjoyed more than I thought I would, if I'm honest. Uh, so starting with Around the Horn, um, for those of you who watch our normal show, uh, we normally go around and talk about the comics we have been reading. Uh, for this show, to put our own spin, we will be talking about, um, in Dan's case, the sporting events he's looking forward to. In my case, the comic books uh, that I am looking forward to reading that either came out today or uh, maybe next week, since we are uh, a show that airs every other week. Um, so let's kick it off with the sporting events. What do you got uh, on the DACA for us? All right, so two things. Um, the first one's kind of cheating because um, Christmas Day basketball games, the NBA basically have this kick off their prime time because NFL's winding how they can get a um, in the prime time schedule. So they actually have five games going on. They'll be on ESPN starting early in the morning time to late in the evening. There's five games, but two specifically that I, well, the one that they would probably market as the premier one is the Warriors Lakers. Uh, interesting game. Cause the Warriors are thought of the bet, even though they're not number one in the rankings, it's been a weird start to the season. And then LeBron James has joined the Lakers. So now they have 
risen to relevance. Um, but the one that I'm most excited about is the, it's a 2.30 tip-off on ABC. It's the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Boston Celtics, two of the best in the East. Um, so that should be interesting to see them fill each other out. But really, there's, NBA handpicks the, these games to have at least one good storyline. So even like the, the Milwaukee Bucks are playing on the first game, and they're if you haven't been following basketball for a while, you might be surprised to find out they have one of the best players in the league, and they're one of the most entertaining teams to watch this season. So, uh, But if you had to pick just one, I would choose the 76ers Celtics. Again, that's 2.30 p.m. on ABC. These are all Pacific uh, Standard Times. Uh, then the other one, game I'm really excited about, uh, these ones are always fun. So the NHL does these things called the Winter Classic. They've been doing it consistently since 2008-ish in that area, where they take the hockey rink outside and they play them in these giant stadiums outdoors. So if you get, if they play their card rights, you have snow falling. So like it's, they're skating. Normally they play on these pristine Zamboni, uh, freshly smoothed over rinks. But now like they've had games where there's piles of snow in the corner and they'd like, so it's, it's just fun to watch because it's hockey at a more pure form, which you would imagine, um, seeing kind of like you remember on the Mighty Ducks, if you ever watched that, like that, those outdoor scenes where they're skating around. So that game this year will be, um, is always New Year's Day. So New Year's Day, it's a 10 a.m. Uh, puck drop, and it's going to be the Boston Bruins versus the Blackhawks. And this year it's at Notre Dame Stadium, so the, where the Notre Dame usually plays their football games. They take a hockey rink and stick it right in the middle and have a full pack out. So even if the teams aren't great, um, which this year they are the Bruins Blackhawks entertaining matchup. It's just fun and cool event to to watch. So check it out if you're able to. You could stay up late on New Year's Eve and then just wait time to catch the puck drop here at ten ten in the morning. So uh, on NBC. So those are the two things I'm are the two events that I'm excited about in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think uh, the hockey game is probably the one I'm most interested in. Um, like I. I think I've mentioned before on the show, I haven't watched a basketball game in probably a decade. Um, I watched like 30 seconds of one at work the other day. That was the most basketball I've watched in a while. Um, but our, uh, for those of you who don't know, there's a third uh, brother, uh, Steve, or Sanderson, as some refer to him. Uh, mainly other Crusaders refer to him as Sanderson. Um, Bruins are his team. So I think just like brotherly love and support that's the one i'd want to watch plus like knowing it's outdoors i didn't know that was a thing that's yeah. awesome i kind of want to see that uh, so yeah I'll, I'll i'll try to tune into that i got uh, i can get the NBC sports there you um go. yeah uh so comics coming out uh what are what came out today um are two that i'm excited about uh the first one i'm gonna plug is middle west uh issue number two this is published by image which uh, is one of the biggest comic publishers besides uh besides marvel and dc it's probably the biggest one everything they do is fantastic uh but this is a really interesting one i picked it up uh, because david barry recommended it to me and um it's about this little boy uh, not a little boy he's like a teenager he has a paper route but it starts and he's having a dream um and he grows up in the midwest more or less and he's talking about how it seems like the middle the middle west is always trying to get you um and there's this storm that's like yeah, like a tornado that's kind of like yelling at him and chasing him. And then he wakes up and he's woken up too late and his father is angry at him. Anyway, the story goes on and, and you discover later um, that his father is actually the storm and he has these sort of powers. Um, and throughout the entire book, there's these um, 
you can see these jars of like pink stuff connected to houses. I don't remember because it's been a month since I read the first issue. I don't remember if they actually tell you what that is, but it, like it looks like it's it looks like it's our world, but there's definitely things that aren't our world. And so I'm interested to see what happens in issue number two. Um, and the second one is relevant because uh, of the movie coming out later this week, but also not one that I normally read. Aquaman number 43 uh, came out today, and it starts, a, there's a new author, a new writer, um, and a new artist that are taking over, and they're starting, basically, he wakes up on the shores of an island, and he doesn't remember who he is. Um, he has a lot of his powers, uh, but he's still tr is trying to figure out who he is. Um, and so I'm kind of interested to see where they go with that. Um, and I think probably because the, the movie's coming out on Friday, uh, the book will take off a little bit because of that. So I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I would, because of the movie, I'm excited uh, about Aquaman. So I would be more interested in picking up that Aquaman. Um, but my knowledge of Aquaman is basically Justice League. The When I saw him, that was basically my first exposure uh, when I watched the movie. So, uh, But I got really excited, like The Flash... That's actually when I saw Justice League in theaters. That's started me interesting my interest in the TV show The Flash because I really like the Flash character in the movie. And then Aquaman, I was like, man, this guy's awesome. So when I found out a movie, so I've been eagerly anticipating that, which is coming out in just a couple days now. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, the the way they're doing him in the movie has definitely um, changed people's uh, thoughts thoughts about him because he always kind of feels like. He's one of the main Justice League heroes. He was a founding member of the Justice League. Um, and he always seems just kind of like really cheesy and a sprite. Like he's almost like Dolphin's color, um, bright orange and teal colors and stuff like that. And he can talk to fish and he's super strong. And it's like, okay, well, that's just really cheesy. Um, but they, they've definitely kind of gotten that, that edgier feel to him. Um, and they've, uh, if you go back and watch the Aquaman 101 um, that, Barry David Barry did by himself a couple weeks ago. You'll see that there's a lot more to him. Um, then the Justice League show kind of like balanced between that. There was kind of like a an edgy to him, but he was still just kind of there. So I'm excited about where that's going on that one. Um, all right. So uh, I hope all of you are strapped in because we're going to talk about a sports game. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, Dan, um, you signed me the Patriots uh, at the. They're playing in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. Correct. Yep. Um, and if if I recall correctly, and I might have this wrong, when we were kids, and I kind of like a teenagers and kind of cared about sports, these teams weren't that great. If I remember, like they were they were bad or mediocre yep. at best. The Patriots. So. The Steelers had a really great run in the 70s, were pretty good in the 80s, and then the 90s, they kind of hit their little down. Um, but they've, they've usually been pretty relevant. They have two of the biggest fan bases uh, in the NFL. Uh, the Patriots, did, they went to a Super Bowl in 96. I don't know if you remember that. They lost the Brett Favre and the Packers. Okay. So they were fairly relevant then, and then ever since they drafted Brady – which was 2000, they've only missed the playoffs one year since Brady's been on the team. So they've been great. They've won five Super Bowls since since 2001. So uh, 
So they've been good, but yeah, they starting in '96. They started their their rise up to um, what they have now become in perennial uh, playoff team and now they're both kind of maybe wavering because the how old their quarterbacks have are getting but yeah. uh yeah so not necessarily wrong but the patriots have been kind of good but not they didn't really start winning them until a little bit late until the early 2000s but they've been yeah 2001s when they really uh came into high notoriety uh when yeah. they won that first super bowl or 2002 yeah well 2001 season 2002 super bowl yeah they won their first. They won three and four years in that in that time span there, and then tacked on a couple more in the last. last couple years, yeah. Um, okay, so I mean, apparently I didn't pay close enough attention to <laughs> NFLs. I thought. I mean, I was a Vikings fan, so I really just kind of paid attention to what was going on with them and knew that I was supposed to hate the Bears and the Packers. So that might be part of it because they're both AFC team so if you're only focused on an nfc team like that, yeah that's it's another point i want to i don't like for some reason i cannot bring myself to like an afc team um i don't know why if somebody says oh the afc hate them why afc no. hate them there's there's no reason yeah yeah i'm i'm not a proponent of having a second team but the patriots are as close to a second team that i've ever had just because i love tom brady's so i know this will uh, this bothers you a little bit, but I just like the way he's carried himself through his career. I think he gets kind of a bad rap from from the media. Uh, I just think he's unbelievable, in my opinion, the greatest quarterback that has ever played the game, and I just love watching him play. So they're as close to, as you can tell, I have a Patriots hat. I, I went to see him play in person this year, um, and I didn't have a hat. I just had his jersey, and I was like, oh, I might as well get a hat while I'm here. So I, I bought a Patriots hat um uh, so they're as close as I've ever been to having a second team in in any sport here. So, all right, yeah, um, yeah. I when it comes to Tom Brady, I'm personally not a fan of him, but uh, he, I can't deny that he's a great quarterback. I will uh, defend uh, Joe Montana as the best quarterback of all time because, in my opinion, he the way he played dictates the way everybody plays the game now. And to me, that makes him better. But um, Brady has a better Super Bowl record, right? Yeah, so uh, he's won five. He's made it to eight Super Bowls, which is unbelievable. He's won five of them. Uh, Joe Montana has won four of them. He went to four, won four. So people, 100% record's great. But um, I think if you five, the only the only that four, winning four, in my opinion, winning four is, is if you only play he played four years, went to four Super Bowls. Alright, so um, I wanted to, to dive into the, the history of these two teams. Um, it seems like at least the in recent history, um, maybe both of them being pretty good teams and winning um, five Super Bowls for the Pats and a total of six for the Steelers, but one more recent in more recent history. Um, right. They they and they're both AFC teams. Are they both AFC North? No. So the Patriots are AFC. No AFC. No. Yeah, yeah, AFC East for the Patriots and North for the for the Steelers. Okay. Uh, Patriots have benefited pretty weak division actually in the last. 
that's one of the knocks that Brady gets is because his division is the Dolphins, and then he also gets to play the Jets and the Bills. So not great, but the Steelers get to play against the Browns. And that, that's not necessarily Brady. Those have been strong teams. Again, those are teams that were terrible when I was a kid, too. So whenever I say, oh, the Bengals are a thing? Okay. The Browns are, well, so if you count last year and the year before, they won one game in two seasons. They went 0-16 last year, so they not. They haven't been that great lately. But they do have five wins this year, so or six, six wins. I think they're up to six, which is a <laughs> Okay. Hey, that's, that's better than previously. But yes, the Steelers, the Steelers the most all-time Super Bowls with six. The Patriots are right right on their heels with five. Uh, they've done that, like I said, much more recently. So they're tied for second. Matt's been okay. Yeah, I don't know if you can hear the my wife's on the phone in the background. Just ignore it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that was coming through. I can hear it. <laughs> okay. I, 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 if you can hear it, I assume our listeners at home. Uh, if you're, hey, oh, by the way, hi. If you're watching on Twitch, good to see you. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube or listening from the podcast app, hello from the past to still uh, David Berry's trope on that one. Um, so. Uh, I'm a big defense guy, um, oh, as you know, because you grew up with me, but, so and some of the fans weird. might know this, um, I actually yeah. played football in high school yeah. for That's a year, um, um, and so I was a free safety, so defensive back, um, and I've always kind of been defensive minded. So the question that I want to talk about is, um, which one of these teams in general has had the better defense this season? So this season has been the Steelers, and it's not... Close between these two teams. The Steelers are ranked t- uh, top seven, I believe it is, and the Patriots are in the 20, 21st or second. Okay. Which is, that's, there's like 20, 30. Uh, okay, so they're, I mean, they're bottom. <laughs> they're not the worst, but they're not closer to the worst than the, than the best, I guess. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, like watching this game. I wouldn't have been able to really tell the difference, um, like that it was that big. I think it's because this is we're starting to get to the time of the year where it's colder. It's getting colder, and these teams, especially the Steelers, for their playoff hopes, needed to get a win today, or at least be better to prove themselves that we can go. Because now they're down; they only have two games left. They're all jo- they're all jo- and so it's getting to the point where teams are tightening up and taking each position a little or possession more seriously as it goes on. So I think that was part of it today that both offenses were a little bit cagey going, going, although they both scored on their first drive. So it looked like we were going to have a, a barn burner to start, yeah. but I think that was part of the reason the Patriots typically what they've done in the last decade, they haven't had a great defense, but they do, they do a bend and not break type situation. Um, where they'll give up a lot of yards, but then they'll hold you to a field goal or they'll get a takeaway, which is basically what they did today. The Steelers, I just thought the Steelers defense showed up a little bit, a little bit more and kept the Patriots from scoring. I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but the Steelers ended, they won this game 17 to 10. Yeah. So they, they ended up winning. It was, it was close. The Patriots had a chance near the end, but, um, but I think that was the Steelers defense did show up and add some big stops when they, when they really needed it. Yeah, I um, the game was I, for me. The, I thought the game was really exciting. Um, as I as I mentioned, 
not a fan of either team. They're both AFC teams, so that's really the why. Um, but I, I thought it was a, a good game, maybe because I, I like seeing the defense come out on top. And there were definitely moments where the offense for both teams shined. Um, but ultimately, in the end, if I had to say uh, just to the, the standard, the, the um, cliche, uh, like the defense, I guess I say offense wins games, defense wins champions, but the defense won this game for I... the Steelers. Um, I, uh, I, was, I posted a video to the Crusaders uh, Instagram during the last two minutes of the game, and I was like, uh, the, the Steelers are up by seven, but it's Brady exactly. has the ball and they're marching down the field. Like I was, I would, and there was no doubt in my mind, like they're going to score and tie it up and this is either going to OT or they're going to get a two point conversion. Um, and I was surprised. Um, and, and like at the end of the day, I didn't really care who won, but it was more just the, how amazing that, and in the clutch, how, how, how good that was for, the Steelers that made it an exciting play for me. For you, it probably wasn't that exciting. I, I mean, I have the same feeling. When they gave the ball back, so the Steelers kicked a field goal to put them up by seven and gave the Patriots the ball with just under three minutes to go, I believe it was. And they were marching down, and they got with, right within touching distance. And but the pass rush really pressured Brady a couple times and forced some throws where he probably wished he had a second more. He could have probably got a more accurate throw, but yeah. I thought they did well. Um, disappointing if you're rooting for the Patriots, but like I said, I, I'm more of a Brady legacy guy. So if, if they lose, but he plays well, that's okay with me. Like I'm not dying with every win and loss for them, but um, they're still ahead of the Steelers in the playoff picture right now. So um, it'll be interesting. These two teams we could face each other again in the playoffs if certain certain things go certain ways in the next couple of weeks here. Yeah, it'd be exciting to see that Remax. I, I might actually watch that game just because of, of this one. Um, there, uh, there, it seemed like, speaking of defense, it seemed like there were there were a, f- a fair number of sacks, of three at least. If, oh. I mean, I don't know. I, actually, maybe it's better to clarify. Is that a lot of sacks in one game? I feel like there were um, a lot. It's becoming a little bit more... Um, Prevalent. So yeah, there's the New England got two and Pittsburgh had one, okay. so three total. Um, but because teams are throwing so much with a lot more frequency, that the quarterbacks get sacked a little bit, a little bit more. But okay. um, there was definitely a lot of pressure. So I, I would have, if you would have told me that there was only three, I would have said uh, probably more than that because it just seemed, it seemed like it. But both these quarterbacks are good at getting rid of the football yeah. um, pressure and. Brady maybe should have taken – he threw an interception that maybe he probably should have took a sack on instead of forcing that one. And then Roethlisberger had one where he probably should have taken one and got called for intentional grounding when he threw it in that back corner um, to nobody, basically. So they're pretty good at avoiding him, these two quarterbacks. They've been playing at a high level for quite some time. So, yeah. But, yeah, I, I thought both teams – started throwing the ball a lot at the beginning. And then you could tell, especially the Patriots made a really concerted effort to running the football. I don't know if you, you got that same sense, but they, you could tell they were trying to set up some play action passes, which really helped them on that last drive where they were really going down. Couldn't, couldn't close the door, but um, 
Yeah, I thought that both pass rushes did really well in that the when they start running the ball, it hurts the pass rushes a lot because it just makes you so tired because when you're trying to run upfield as a defender and you're just trying to rush the quarterback and then the running back's running past you, it's just really grueling to turn around and run after run after the guy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, the, I did – it seemed like the teams um, – did a good job adjusting to each other throughout the game and changing their strategy, changing how they're going to run their offense, changing how they were going to put their defense to try to counter what um, was happening. Um, and I, I've never really paid attention to strategy changes like that, uh, like I have today. And it, it felt a little bit more like a chess game from a strategy side, which was really intriguing. Um, that's, a, that's, that's a really because I think both both these coaches who've been that coach for their respective teams for a long time, which is not that common in the NFL. A lot of owners or, or GMs are quick to fire coaches when things aren't going well because they know they're on the chopping block if something happens, so you can point the finger at the coach. So, um, And that's probably led to a lot of their success that they've had two great coaches for so long. And so I think... Yeah, the chess match and watching them adjust to each other was was really impressive and fun to watch. A lot of fun to watch because you just don't know. Because the Patriots, I think they opened up with six or seven straight passes. And then next thing you know, they had seven passes and seven rushes on the day. So you're like, oh, now we're just handing off and you just trying to keep keeping everybody off balance. So Yeah, and there, I think there, were, there was a few times where uh, like the Steelers played the ball to the to the right side of the field like three plays in a row and then you see the Patriots move that way and leave a guy open on the side and it was like it felt like those three players were setting up this one play on the left side that happened that got him the, the next first down or got him within scoring range or something like that and is um yeah it was really impressive because that's not I mean I know the strategy involved with football I mean because I played it so I've, I've been a part of it but I didn't I've never seen it happen to that extent so it was there was a i thought it was exciting i don't know it, it is interesting too because because like we said they're not division opponents but they do seem to play each other almost every year like this is the 14th brady's joined the nfl so 18 years so basically they play every year um except for a handful um so they know each other incredibly well they do not like each other at all and I that for sure so it's a lot of fun to watch them play. And the Patriots, for the most part, of those 14 matchups, they've won 11 of them now. So um, so the Patriots usually have the upper hand. So the Steelers, this is a huge confidence boost, I think, going forward if they need. Because they've had some pretty poor results. Like, they tied the Browns this year earlier. So they've had some up and down. They lost to the Raiders last week, um, although the Patriots lost to the Dolphins last week as well. So um, both teams coming off brutal losses so i thought they both played at a fairly high level today that shows why they're in playoff Contention. yeah um i wanted to to switch gears and talk about my least favorite position on the field um the quarterback okay and it's it's not because i, I don't like these quarterbacks necessarily i just um as somebody who's played football it like the the quarterback gets treated different than everybody at they're treated like the younger brother. They get away with everything. <laughs> uh, nobody, they don't have to have to get hit. They can throw tissy fits, and everyone's like, "It's the quarterback. We just got to put up with them." Um, that's why I don't like them. Um, and I know these guys work hard. Quarterbacks work hard, so don't get me wrong. But and we and the game needs them for sure. But 
Um, the these guys, like you've mentioned a number of times, they they have a lot of experience um, in the NFL. Um, and going back to the, those few sacks that happened, seemed like I think all three were in the, the first half, that if place. I remember correctly. Um, and then every other time after that, where uh, the O line uh, let through anybody on the defense, they were they were gone and making a play. Um, yeah, yeah. And it was um, again as a defensive guy, it was still really fun to see uh, them think on their feet and adjust as an individual that way. Um, cause you don't, you don't always see that a lot of times. I mean, you'll, I, is that the, the way I want to, I want to, want to get this is, is, is that, is that something that you see a lot of quarterbacks do? Cause I feel like it's not. You see a lot of quarterbacks who try to run or roll out of the pocket and make a lot more poor decisions than you, you saw today. Um, both of these guys yeah, are good at moving or not. I guess they're not the best runners, but when they do move, they can throw an accurate pass or make a smart decision like I'm just going to throw it out of bounds or rush for a yard or two and live to fight another down. A lot of the younger quarterbacks, um, or not a lot of them, but most of them, I guess, um, you'll see either stand there and take a hit because they are just focused on what route they want to throw it to, or they'll run and take a, a stupid hit from a linebacker because now he's running full speed ahead or they force something downfield and throw an, inter- a, an interception. So I thought both Brady, who um, doesn't rush a lot, actually they made a big deal at last week. He rushed for over, he's had a thousand yards rushing this year or in his career. Um, so he doesn't rush a lot. He's played 18 seasons and has rushed a thousand yards. It took Steve Young about, I think they said 35 games for Steve Young to get to a thousand yards. So uh, Brady has done it in about 250 games, but so he doesn't rush a lot. But when he does, he's really methodical about what he does, and he can get the job done. And Roethlisberger is a bit bigger of a quarterback, so when he does, yes, he is a big quarterback. Take a hit a little bit better than other quarterbacks, although I think it makes all of Steeler Nation a little nervous when he will take people on. But he's very good at just rolling around because they're not sprinting; they're just kind of like, oh, here's the pressure, and they. They can, you can sense like they have a good sense for the pocket, and when it's not going out, get out of here, dump it off to a running back or whatever the case might be. So I thought both both these are two good quarterbacks to watch, um, especially Brady's forty one now, Roethlisberger's nearly forty. So you can tell they had a lot of experience, and they're still playing at a pretty high level at a pretty advanced stage. Yeah. Um, so is you brought up Steve Young is. Um, is Steve Young the the quarterback that uh, Brady's compared to a lot? That have like similar playing styles, or is that just the? No, Young is much different because Young was a a, a runner. He, he would get out and run. So a lot of people do compare him to Joe Montana because okay. Brady grew up in San Mateo, California. He idolized the 49ers and and uh, Tom. I mean Joe Montana. So that's the guy that I think he compares himself to. Okay, they have similar, not, not very mobile really good and calm and cool under pressure and want, have won a lot of games and done a lot of, yeah. uh, a lot of in the league. So um, I think young is, I young is great, obviously a hall of famer, but he's not at the level of, I, I, I think Brady is the top, like I said, is the top ever. And then you have, I put Montana right behind him. And then you have the John Elway's Dan Marino's Pey- Peyton Manning's in that, 
really next echelon there. Yeah. I'd probably reverse the top two for you, but I'd still, even though I'm not a big fan of Brady, I still respect him as a player to, and what he's done. He's definitely, he's up there for me. So, um, so a uh, couple questions. Cause it's, I mean, I, I watched football on and off. Um, and when I played, uh, we used to, uh, I mean, I played special teams kind of, uh, that you would always, you would sprint out, you would, you would, stay in line with the kicker as he was running you would run up with it and i noticed um in this game and previous games this season that that's no longer the way it's done is that new this year that is new for this season yeah so it's been basically the nfl is trying to get rid of the kickoff altogether i don't know if you noticed there's a ton of touchbacks because they used to kick from farther back Mm -hmm. and then they moved the kickers up because they just want the kicker to kick it through and then they can start from the 25 yard line um, that's the other thing. It used to be a, a touchback was to the twenty yard line, but now they say, well, if you just take a knee here instead of running it back, we'll give you five more yards. Okay. So get out to the twenty five. So it's and an incentive to not run. Exactly. Not put yourself in danger. Basically, all the all the research shows that uh, most injuries come from kickoffs because you basically have two teams running full speed at each other and then and beating. So it's for ba- basically for player safety. So then this year they added. Because like you said, they used to run up and time it with the kickoff, but now you have to be standing still. So it just slows the kicking team's momentum just a little bit more, uh, which I'm not a huge fan of that rule because, like I said, even with the, the kickoffs where they put them, there's not a ton of returns anyway. Yeah. Uh, the reason I don't like it is because it's made the onside kick almost impossible because you could usually, if you're trying to recover an onside kick, you could run up and get momentum. Now you have to stand still when they kick an onside kick and the other team has momentum and you're just kind of stuck. So I don't like it's kind of taken some of the, the miracle comeback wins off the table because it's so much more difficult on an onside kick. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I like, I think it's important to, to safeguard player safety, um, especially in so many great players, Steve Young being one of them, were taken out because of an excessive number of concussions. Um, that being said, it doesn't. It's not as entertaining, almost, to to just have them do that. And almost why, if you're going to kick it, and most of the time it's going to go through the end zone, or if they do catch it, they're going to put a knee down in the end zone. Why waste? waste that time that's like six seconds the ball's in the air and the the clock doesn't technically start anyway until they get the ball right yeah so they don't even start it until they advance it so if a guy catches it in the end zone and thinks about it for two seconds and kneels down it'll stay so once he starts moving forward with the ball they'll start the clock um so they're basically wasting our time as fans just to i'm just i just looked up the stats so we only, we only had two returns the entire game so one on one each side so okay not yeah, not a lot of going on in the kickoff return. And it, yeah, it seemed like the same thing with like the punts. Um, like it's still set up the same way, but most of them, it didn't seem like the receiving team caught it. Uh, they just kind of let it hit the ground. We had a lot of good, because both teams can move the ball so well, when their drives did stall, they were in good position where they were putting it back where the the receiver was like, oh, I'm going to let that go in. But you could. the Patriots had one really excellent play where they had, I don't know if you remember, they punted it, it bounced, a guy jumped into the end zone, threw it out, and then another guy had to get it and throw it out again. Yeah. And they were one-yard line. So they, the Patriots have excellent special teams. 
Um, not saying that the Steelers don't, but the Patriots generally have one of the best special teams in the league because they coach and focus on it a lot more than I think most teams do. So I think that was a byproduct of both teams being able to move the ball so they're in good punting situations. Normally you'd see a little bit more run backs um, from, from teams, but just not in this game today. Okay. Um, all right, so last little thing. Um, the end of both halves, so... The, the last play, I think it was the last play of the first half. Um, Patriots line up, and then the whole team runs off, and special teams runs on. Um, I've never seen anything like that before. So that, that is pretty rare. Um, really brilliant by the coaching staff at the Patriots. So basically, um, this game situation, for those that weren't watching, was the Patriots had the ball. They were looking to drive down and get in field goal range or score a touchdown. You get some points before the end of the half. Drive stalled, so it was fourth and one or two. It was fourth and short, so it was feasible that they would go for it. So they basically send their offense out there while the clock is running down. So the Steelers have two timeouts at this time. If they would have sent their punting unit out, more likely than not, the Steelers are going to call a timeout and hope that they'll have time to come down and at a field goal, but since they thought the Patriots were going to go for it, they said, well, we're not going to help you out by stopping the clock. We're going to let the clock run down as far as we can so you have less time. And basically it, basically it was the Patriots milking the clock, so when they punted it back, they didn't have any time, or and they ended up just kneeling it down because they didn't have a lot of time. So really what it was was just, we're going to play you to milk the clock so you can't score on us, but we're not going to score. We're not going to try to score on you. Um, I thought it was, it was very rare to see that, um, and it just because you're like, wait, where are these guys going? Because they were all, like, Brady was under center ready to go, and then he just tapped the center and said, let's go, and they all sprinted up. Yep, everybody left, yeah. I thought, so, like, again, it was a good strategic move. It was surprising. I was like, wait. And then they did the replay. I'm like, I didn't just imagine that, okay? It was, yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. I I can't think of a specific time where I've seen a, a whole offensive unit run off like that before. So interesting and well played and yeah. what they wanted out of that situation for sure overall yeah overall was a great game the ending was uh if you were a fan of either of these teams nail biting i thought it was an exciting ending it was a uh, a great game uh for our first nfl game uh for the crossover show uh hopefully for those of you who are watching or listening that you you did watch the game and you uh can throw in your two cents you can uh, hit us up on our social medias let us know what you thought um do you have any other any th- thoughts? I know you're a big stats guy. Do you have any fun stats? I do. Have, well, I don't, it kind of got glossed over since the Patriots lost, but Tom Brady did uh, surpass the 70,000-yard mark in the game. Um, they didn't mention it, but they didn't really make a big deal of it because the game was so well played, I thought. Um, they didn't really talk about it. But So he's now fourth all-time in passing yards, so the only four quarterbacks have thrown for 70,000 yards, so he passed that threshold. And actually, if you add his playoff stats because NFL records only include regular season stats. So if you include his playoff stats, he leads the all time in playoffs. He's over 80,000, which is the most, most all time. So I thought that was interesting to note. Um, he's, he's in my, my case for Brady being the best thrown for more yards than anybody thrown for more touchdowns than anybody. Um, he's won more games than anybody. He's won more Super Bowls than anybody. Yeah. Uh, so just another notch on his belt today. 70,000, pretty good. So Drew Brees is number one all the time. Peyton Manning, number two. Brett Favre, number three. And Brady is right on his heels now. So uh, 
that was an interesting stat I thought, but yeah, hopefully, like I said, we'll see potentially another, another matchup between these two. Uh, I think is so right now the Patriots are third, um, in the playoff standings, but they finished with two division games. They're going to play the, the jets and the bills. So two games they should easily win. So they probably are going to be looking to stay at least in third or go up to second, which if you get one of the top two seats, you get a first round bye and you can kind of rest up and get set to go. So they'll definitely go go for that and see see how it plays out. But we potentially can see another, another matchup, which would be very exciting to watch. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, uh, that's going to about do it for us this evening. Thanks once again for joining us. Um, on this episode of Crossover, um, just to plug a couple of our other shows on TCC Network, um, Sunday morning at 8.30-ish, uh, um, the Azorian one, uh, Anthony and Steve, so you can have Sunday morning coffee with them. Um, this past Sunday, we talked about our uh, favorite and least favorite Christmas songs, um, which was a lot of fun. There were a lot of people in chat, so it was great. Um, check it out. His kids are making noise in the background. Um, so you get to see good parenting um, at work at the same time. Um, the Dame Patrol, uh, our other new show that started around the same time as we did, their fourth episode is available, and they talk about um, their favorite Christmas shows, their favorite Christmas, uh, or they talk about Christmas, uh, last-minute Christmas gifts for the nerds that you know. Um, and uh, they do the Festivus uh, errants of the grievances uh, um, as well on there so it was a pretty entertaining show um, our main show the Capeless Crusaders uh, we're done uh, for the rest of the year so and, and so are we this is the last show of the year for you and I um, so we will see you um, in the new year this will be the last time you'll see either of our faces um, what, we'll see you in the new year what are we discussing in the new year ah yeah that's a great question so um, Dan and I talked about it off air uh, and we're we both uh, have in general kept up with the CW uh, DC shows, um, and so we're gonna uh, go back and we're gonna talk about the crossover event. I thought it was appropriate being we're crossover, right. um, so we're gonna talk about that. Um, so it'll be by the time it airs, uh, it'll be about three weeks after it actually um, air that actually played on the network. So. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, go watch it. It was pretty good. I thought last year's was better. Um, I'm talking about it already. I shouldn't. But it was hilarious, and it was very good. I, I have not watched it yet, so I'm okay. I don't want to spoil anything. Go watch it. I'll probably watch it one more time before uh, we do that show. Um, three episodes this year, right? Yeah, only three episodes this year. So it's a little bit easier to watch. Um, so, And then thank you once again to our sponsors, Empire's Comics Faults, um, down in, in Sacramento, Fulton Avenue, uh, 1120 Fulton Avenue, Sweet K. Uh, go in and say hey to Ben. Tell him that uh, Manderson sent you in um, and get his recommendations. Pet the pugs. Buy some hot sauce. And uh, Beard Bomb Brush. If you go to beardbombbrush.com uh, at checkout, put in the code CAPELESS, you will get 15% off uh, your order. Um, and they have now like little sample things. If you want to get a little tiny sample thing to let your friends check it out. Um, you can do that as well. Um, thank you again for joining us. Um, if you want to find anything TCC Network related, uh, go once again to thecapelesscrusaders.com to check anything out. My name is Manderson, at Son of Mander, on Instagram and Twitter. And that is it. 
your name once again, my brother. I'm Dan. Uh, I'm Danderson11 on Instagram and Twitter, and that is it for me as well. <laughs> we yeah, we're we're not on the we're not on the Snapchat or the Facebook or Vero. I am on Facebook, but I don't check that often, so don't find me there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I am not, so it's not worth your time. Uh, anyway, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, which is over. Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Festivus. Uh, good night, and we'll see you in the new year.